Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. podcast episode for me. I have cornered my god sister into doing an episode <laughs> with me. She said, I kind of asked her last minute, this is Canon McClintock, formerly known as Canon Lewis. <laughs> um, I was like, I asked you this morning and you're like, if you would have given me more time to think about this, I might have said no. <laughs> Hello. Gotcha. You got me. No, you got me. So. So, Cannon and I have had an amazing life experience. We're God sisters. Our moms have grown up as best friends together. And because of that, Cannon and I have grown up just being awesome friends. I, you've always felt like family to me. Obviously, we're God sisters. We went on an amazing journey together when we were in high school. We went and studied abroad and lived in Europe, Cambridge together. And now Canon is a world-renowned jewelry designer. You designed my wedding and engagement rings. You designed uh, earrings. You designed necklaces. You have incredible jewelry. So I kind of just want to talk to you about your life. You're a mom of three beautiful girls. You met your husband. Okay, how you met your husband is amazing, Gavin. So let's just kind of start at the beginning. Like... Our, our life, we met as young kids together, and I've just had so much fun getting to live life oh, with it's you. it's so much fun, yes, because it, it is, it's it's cool to have a, a friend and a, I mean, I, we kind of felt like we, we'd call each other cousins, I think, because it made it easier, because some people didn't understand what a god sister was, but it is cool to have someone that it's like you have actually absolutely known your entire life, so... Um, no, we had, we had so much fun when we were younger, and... Um, I don't know, but yes, Cambridge was so fun when we were in. How in, would you um, describe that experience when we went to Cambridge? Because how long did we stay over there? I mean, it was a big deal. We went and studied abroad. 
And I'm, it's weird as a parent now where I'm like, I, I can't believe my mom let me do that. But, <laughs> I, I think it was good. I, but I just was like, that was pre cell phones. And so we were there. I think you had to use like a pay phone thing to, I don't like, it didn't work. So it's like, we didn't talk to our parents daily or check in. It was like, we were just somewhere for that duration of time. And, um, I don't know. It's just a weird concept. Our <laughs> so, parents just let us go. I mean, I think I, was I know, like, I know, like a sophomore in high school. So you were probably like a junior or a senior. Uh, yeah, I think I was a junior. Yes. So I mean, I one of my funniest memories was like the the moment our dorm was like way over on the other side of the town. Like it wasn't even in the town. It was like the the furthest one I feel like from the town. And I went grocery shopping for the first time and um, was so excited, got all these groceries. And I did notice that everyone had these like little push cart things. But anyway, I checked out and then all of a sudden I realized I had to walk home with them. And it was like probably a 20 minute walk. And I did it, but okay, I'm sorry. We have the dogs. Maybe they'll come on. Um, they're seeing their neighbor friend. So. Oh, they're just saying hello. <laughs> so it's okay. It's called They're their saying real hello. It's their favorite friend. We got dogs. It is real life. So kids crying. Dogs and um, uh, that that hasn't happened yet, but possibly could. So um, <laughs> they are seeing their friend who gives them treats. So, so um, anyway, but yeah, I had to I had to walk home all the way. And it was about twenty minutes. I had to take all these breaks. I looked like an idiot because nobody else in Cambridge did that because they knew they better knew. than that. But they knew. It's kind of like that moment of like on your own, <laughs> so figure it out. And um, but yeah, no, we. I, I thought it was such a fun experience and just fun to be kind of away. And you and I had so much fun. We always had fun together. But I thought that was a fun. A lot of fun memories. So a lot of independence. Um, anyway, like that, I was think a, I, that was the first big shot of being like super independent. Although you and I did go to camp for our parents also sent us to camp for like four yeah. to six weeks every summer. What is this? Is this a theme where our parents trying to get rid of us? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see that they were promoting independence. <laughs> I think so. But I know it was, I, I think it is good because it's like, I feel like you went to college, I went to college, and we had, not, we had already been doing things by ourselves for a while before we went. So I don't think it was as much like shock and awe. And even like you went to Baylor and then you transferred, but you felt comfortable enough to just go into an unknown situation. So mm -hmm. I think that was because of years of going into unknown situations. So I know, and I got to give uh, credit to our anyway. parents for trusting us to go live abroad and to go to camp for four to six weeks. We both went to Camp Waldemar, which is an all-girls camp in Texas. And, I mean, it really is, you got you to gotta give your kids little rocket girl pushes into learning how to be independent. It's scary and it's hard, and I'm sure it was hard on our parents, but it is a, it is a necessary skill. Yeah. No, and it is kind of funny because it's like, you see it as a kid and it's like, that's of course my parents are giving me independence. And then as a mother now, you realize it's kind of a sacrifice to do that. Like you're sacrificing your control and your controlling outcomes. So it's not, um, it's, it's not easy. It, I, I don't think it was like my parents just like wanting to let me do it. It was more like they knew that I needed that and they did it. So, um, which I'm, I'm having to see, more and more as a parent that that is that it's like a choice you make and and you're choosing for like the long term 
more. So you have girls. So. You have three daughters, and how old's Mar- uh, how old's yeah. your how old is your oldest one? Okay, so I have three three girls, ten, eight, and almost six. So and, what have um, you had so, to what have you had to learn with parenting as far as letting go like we're talking about with like camp and going overseas like what have you now as a mom with daughters who are old enough to to be looking for some independence and coming into themselves like what have you had to learn and how have you had to you know sacrifice your desires of control to let them fly well i think it starts with pregnancy i think the that is like the initiation phase into dying to self and um, you know, like it's a very exciting time. It's also a time of like seeing your body change and it's like the train that just keeps leaving the station and you have no control. So I, I think that's like the, the priming it for the rest. It's like the first day of the rest of your life sort of. And, um, so I, I think it starts there and then, um, realizing again, like as <laughs> One moment. I'm <laughs> uh, sorry. They're very sweet, but they want um, their treats. Sometimes needy. She's out soon. Yes. Um, so anyway, I um, I think there is like there's that as the kids get older, it's just continually realizing that they are their own person and their own personality, and you didn't even you didn't choose it. You just kind of you get what you get. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and they're all different. So there's no like, um, I think with three, like you have one sister, I have one sister. I found it's a more unique situation when there's three girls. I mean, the volume's up more, the, the interaction is more, I mean, there, it's, it's a lot more. <laughs> so, um, but I think that, um, uh, where was I going with that? The, you realize that each kid very different from the other and there's no like cookie cutter way to parent I think and um, I've just had to learn that and learn that um, it's kind of cool once you once you have realized that it's like very freeing to parent that way because you can read all these books and like prep yourself which the books are helpful sometimes but I, I think you need to spend time with your kids to know actually what's going to work and so have um, you had to figure out and then it changed do you have to parent differently do you parent differently for each daughter yes you do yeah i mean there's a collective there's like a there's there are collective things that you parent probably similarly but i think um you know i i think it's it's learning what I've had to learn is it's people are motivated differently. And so each person's motivated to action differently. And so, you know, one might lose their temper more, but one might hold it in. And then it's like, neither is like the best option of communication. So it's learning to cater how you go about talking to the child, motivating the child. So it has been, it's a lot of time. And I think, that's where pregnancy gets you started to realize like the time is not yours. And then the infant stage it's the time is really not yours. And then now it's like, I don't have the babies. And so it's, it's caretaking wise a lot easier, but it is a lot more emotional and a lot more time at night before everyone goes to bed, talking things through. And, um, 
I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> parenting, <laughs> but I love is, it. Parenting is so much. I I know. Uh, I just and you and I both have experienced, like you said, in pregnancy. You and I both have experienced loss in pregnancy, and you've handled yes. it with such grace. I um, losing. Losing a baby, at least like miscarrying, is really emotional, and you've gone through that. How how did that help you surrender control, and how did you get your perspective about that? Because that was something really hard for me to deal with in my own experience. Well, I had two. So I think the first one I had between my second and my third. I say I don't think I handled that one um, as well emotionally. I and actually it was like an earlier miscarriage. I think it was. 10 weeks or something like that. And um, no, it was hard. It was like, it, it was months and months. And I don't actually think I um, really came around until I was pregnant with my third. And I've heard that before. It's like, you kind of get over the miscarriage, like once you have another one, which I actually don't think that's like an emotional, like the most proper emotional response to like have closure on something by just like, having something new. (laughs) Right. um, But I I think for that one, I just like, it was just hard to try to understand, like, why would God create a life that then wasn't meant to live that long? It was a lot of me trying to figure out why me. And then, like, your hormones surging don't really help the situation and help the processing. And um, I think I came to, like, a point of acceptance, but I – um, and then I had another one. And so I always just kind of viewed that as like, like this traumatic thing that was, that happened, that was awful, that, that the reason was, is it gave me, um, sympathy for when it happened to other people. And I think that's where I kind of, that's how I found acceptance. And, um, but anyway, I, it, it just, it's, it's a hard thing to happen to anyone at any stage, I think. So, um, but then this last one I had was more recent and, um, this one, I don't know. I, I think I felt like I had, you know, like you just kind of know your body and I've, so I've had the other kids have all been without an epidural. So it's like when you have labor without an epidural, you're very aware of like all the body change signs, like you're just kind of on it. You, you, so I had thought that there was something happening and I do feel like for me, that was God's kindness in it to just have like a good couple of weeks to process it possibly happening, happening before it happened. Even though from the doctor's side, I'd gone in and it looked like everything was fine, but mm-hmm. it's you like, just you just kind of know your body. Yeah, I knew. So it was, and I didn't want it to happen, but it was like, I just felt like something wasn't quite right. And so um, I don't know. I think with that, I had to come to the point. It was kind of cool because I journaled about it. So I have like kind of a, a record of me like processing, processing through, pushing back. Like, and, and it really came down to, for me, having to realize if I believe God is the author of life, then he can choose have the duration of it and that's not my job so mm-hmm. um that was a wrestling back and forth but i came to to that and then um it was just it was a couple of days later i i had the miscarriage but I, I think the beauty and all that was 
that I had the time to process it before. And um, I don't know. I mean, I still, it's like still fairly new. So I don't know, like, but I, I, I think um, the mental shift of trying to ask the question of why is something happening to me versus the accepting and not knowing why it's very like that's a very different mental shift to address the situation with so that is such um, a good point anyway that is such a good point because when you're asking like why 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 is this happening this isn't fair like the pain i'm feeling is so great versus god i accept this this is bigger than me this is part of the plan like the acceptance and i feel like with life in general if I can get to a place of accepting it, and that is very hard for me to do, to accept. Like, I struggle with accepting any suffering that I see that isn't even affecting me, that's like some, that is someone else. Like, I have just yeah. such a hard time grasping why suffering happens, but it's happened for as long as spiritual books and teachers have been around. Like, that is the state of this world and life. Do you feel that? No, I, I think so. I think there's, um, in natural labor, there, I took this pain class with with my first, and I dragged my husband to it, and he will never let me forget. He was very uncomfortable. It was this yoga class. We all had to sit on the floor together. He's not like that. And um, we had to t go through pain techniques, watch videos. Um, and he, one of the pain techniques, though, is is it's like, we had to study how people like walk on like hot coals, how people oh, wow. like walk on nails. So the idea is though, is it's like if you accept the pain and you're no longer fighting it, then all of a sudden like the pain decreases. So I, so even with labor, like if you get scared in the middle of it, like you tighten up, it actually is more painful than if you go emotionally and mentally just to a place then you're accepting the pain, but you are not, you're not fighting it. So like the times when we fight the pain, the pain doesn't resolve. Like you can fight the pain. I think you can like fight the pain. This is like tangential, but you can fight the pain. I mean, you can fight pain in life with alcohol. You can fight it with drugs. You can fight it with dizziness. Like you can push back on pain to where you don't feel it, but it doesn't erase any pain and it doesn't fix it. But it's like going back to the, natural labor like by accepting it then all of a sudden it's like there it's a part of it and somehow you're okay so um anyway that's my thought on the pain i love um, that were you and, able and that, to that were you able to go to a place because i didn't do natural natural labor when you gave birth naturally were you able to go to a place and not fight the pain like were you able to do that no Really? And then, yes, and and it's it's still painful. That's the thing. It like doesn't erase it, but you're able to just mentally work through it. And then I do have to say with my first, I was kind of in that place. And then I get this, the doctor came in to check and he was like, oh, you're not diet. Like it was like, I felt like I was about to die. And then, and then, so I was like, oh, this baby must be here any minute. I think I'm going to die. And then he was like, you're only like four centimeters or something. And then just it like blew the wind out of my sails. And then all of a sudden I was like telling the duo, like, I, I think I'm going to die. I need an epidural. 
and and she's just she tried to get me to go back. But so I think in life too, we have those times where we can be very at peace in an odd situation, and it might even be someone asking like, like how are you doing this? And then all of a sudden you get out of that like, you know, knowing what you're doing, what you that you're doing, what you need to do, and then you can kind of flip a little bit. But um, and then I just got back in the mental thing. <laughs> And then I was okay. And then, like, actually, I think she came, like, I don't know, 30 minutes later or something. And so it just jumped. And so I really was at kind of towards the end that I felt I was at the end. And then it, you know, it, I, I guess I just kind of um, just, like, went from, like, I guess a, a 4 to a 10 very quickly. So, anyway. So do you but know? It's like, like you got to go in a place. It's like a trance. What is, what is your place? If you don't mind me asking, like, do you even know how to put it into words where you went in your brain? No, no. I, like I, I'm sure people go into like places and stuff. I think I'm like too pragmatic and not like that. I don't know. I just get into like counting the breathing and it's just like, you know, like put my head down. We're going to get this done. And then, um, I don't know. So, so yeah, I'm sure we did in the in the labor class. People go to all these places, like with lotuses, like visualizing. I'm just, I'm not. Um, I think I'm like kind of too practical on it. I'm, I'm not as like touchy feely about anything. So, um, it's like the, just the more get her done place, I guess. <laughs> Let's get this done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So talk to me about your jewelry because you make the most beautiful jewelry. You started it in college and you've grown it into just an incredible 
brand design. You've been featured in all of these top magazines and top stores. Um, talk to me about where that inspiration came from and what inspires you to make jewelry and how it has grown into this incredible, highly sought after, like, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but it's just such a, um, it's like fine jewelry, but it's so unique and special. Um, okay. Well, um, thank you for all the kind words on it. To be quite, I don't know if I'm like highly sought out after like worldwide or anything or you know i have been in some magazines but i don't think like i count as like all the magazines all the places anyway it's making hey, it sound much more glamorous you had like a big spread <laughs> in a huge magazine what was that magazine yeah. that was like what was it you had like a huge moment I, I, it was like this whole so i've been doing this for many years how many yeah years? i don't remember you know it's spinning. 20 years? Yeah. Uh, so, wow. so somewhere in the 20 years, and I, so I started when I was 17 and I made, I've always been creative and done art within, um, as an outlet. And so I just started making, um, kind of made to match palm jewelry and there's a demand for that. My, so I was a junior in high school. And so I started doing that and I, um, just kind of got into it and then started going to different stores and every time they'd have trunk shows fun and meeting the designer and I was so young I was in my uniform and I was just like very approachable very non-threatening because I was not really doing anything and so I just did a lot of learning and researching and asking and um, I just have to say I mean there were so many people that have just helped me along the way and um it's definitely been a jerk like 20 years is a long time to be doing the same thing um and yeah so i just got into after the prom jewelry beating then it got into using real stones then it got into using casting and setting the stones and um, i used to make everything by hand and i had taken jewelry classes at camp and so i knew how to do it and um and then eventually it kind of went from me doing it to me more just project managing and designing and then having jewelers that do it so that was kind of it i think there was i think anytime you have your own per your own business there's the like business journey that's happening and then there's like the interpersonal journey and i you know if you're working for someone i think you can always blame the person you're working for the company for just about anything. And then when it's just you, it's like, there's really no one, you know, something's late. It's not actually your jeweler's fault, even if it was, it's you. And then it's like, everything comes back to you. So I think I had over the years, cause I've kind of grown up with it, I guess, from 17 until now, had to learn a lot about separating my performance and my, um, uh, even sensitivity, like as an artist, like if I made something, I, I felt like more connected to it. And over the years, I've had to learn how to just separate. This is my business. This is my personal life. And um, I don't know, like, it, it's, it's, I feel like I'm like, kind of an old dog in the ring. I don't even know if that's a term to say, but it's like, I've seen kind of a lot over the years. And um, 
yeah, even like competition, things would bother me when I was younger. And honestly, it's like, I'm, I'm willing to help anyone because it, it is so hard to have your own business and it's like more power to you. And like, I'm happy to see someone succeed as well. And because it is such a personal fight and a personal journey that you have to go through and it exposes your um, kind of all your Achilles heel and you have to just work through it whether that's like pleasing people, wanting admiration, jealous over other people's success. I mean, I feel like I um, have kind of not, I haven't seen it all, but I, but I have done it, seen it, you know, um, I don't know. So, but it, it's, this is now, this period has been really nice because I feel like maybe it's because I'm like, 38 approaching 40, but I, I, I think I'm just a lot more relaxed and I just, I really love what I do and that's, and, but it's my family's first, but I do just really enjoy what I do. So, so tell me, and anyway. we'll, we'll wrap up soon. Cause I know you have to go pick up your daughter from school cause you are a multitasking mama, which is amazing. <laughs> you're doing it all. I'm sure you don't have one spare second in the day. You're also homeschooling another daughter. I mean, you have it going on. So thank you for squeezing in this podcast. No, I'm very, very grateful. Um, what have you learned about yourself through this 20-year journey? Because like you said, it exposes your Achilles heels. It teaches you so much about yourself. Because like I feel the same way. I have struggled with people-pleasing, with feeling jealous of other people getting success when it's like, why am I not getting this? It's not that you don't want them to have it, but it's like, where's mine? I'm trying to work so hard and then just feeling like you're not good enough or all these things that we can tear ourselves down with. Um, what have you learned about yourself in this process? Um, oh, I've learned a lot. And there's the seasons of every yeah i feel like it's it's a like you never have arrived and at some point you're like man i wish i would have learned so um i think for me i um if you look at it decade wise i think i i'm very goal oriented i i i, I love to work I, I really enjoy working i i um i think i've always been that way and so I, um, let's see where I was going with that. I think at the beginning it was like success and, um, and I think I kind of idolized that. Like I enjoyed doing the jewelry, but it's like you kind of have these personal goals of, of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And I like, you know, wrote them all out and kind of had them, and again, this is me, but I, I, I had it kind of by the year, what I wanted that year, what stores I wanted to do. And like, I kind of had a mission on it. And, um, and then I liked that people would say, oh, like you're a jewelry designer. That's so cool. Like I kind of liked that I was doing something that nobody, and I always like doing things that nobody else is doing anyway. So I liked that. And I liked like um, the feeling of, doing something, even though it was so hard. It was hard because I didn't really like confrontation. I didn't really, um, I, you know, dealing with stores and I had to learn to do like bookkeeping stuff, pricing. I didn't feel that, as much as I liked to do what I was doing, I didn't feel like that secure in it and um, even secure about myself. And so, um, 
you know, I think I went through a season of comparing and, you know, trying to, to look and see, you know, and be more aware of what everyone else was doing. And then that could like, feel make you feel better in one way because like maybe you're doing better than someone else and then <laughs> yeah. make you feel like 10 times worse because it's like well I'm not there and I'm not right. doing that and um and so I think over the years I have learned to just stay in my lane it's like I don't check and see what other people are doing I really try to intentionally do that and um to the point like on on Instagram, I've learned I I just have to um, sometimes mute things, and it's not out of like that I'm mad at them, but it's more I realize like that's getting me off mentally a little bit of of what I know I need to do, and so um, that's been really freeing. I think motherhood was another part that took away a ton of time. And it forced me to be creative with a more limited amount of time. It forced me to all of a sudden take care of like me trying to please people. All of a sudden as a mother, you realize like, you're not, you know, there's someone that is going to be dissatisfied with your work pretty much every day. And um, even though they love you and it's like, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback in parenting and the positive, but sometimes the positive is not verbal. But it's like I had to become a lot more comfortable with negative feedback, which actually helped me and work because it helped me really, it forced me to separate work from family and from who I was as a person to where now, like, I enjoy what I do, but I'm not so wrapped up in it. So if someone doesn't like something, that's fine. I, I don't even, I, I, it doesn't even actually, like, bother me anymore. If someone wants to do something and then changes their mind like it, it doesn't bother me i think it used to be i had maybe more time to think about it but i'm like no if someone doesn't want to do something that's their choice and it's fine yeah <laughs> and so i i think it's been freeing so over the years i've had to just learn um i think now that what i am learning is trying to figure out as the girls are getting older I need the time to have the more emotional conversations and the more, um, because it is less care and I can't outsource. Like when it's, they're younger, you can kind of outsource the caretaking part, but then this is more character building conversations that I need to be there and I need to be emotionally present for. So I think I've had a harder time because, I felt this pressure as a mom to not look like I'm like the mom who's working that like doesn't have it together with it. Like I didn't want people that I was designing with to think, Oh, she's a mom. Like that's why this is late. So I like had this internal pressure of like, no, I get it done. It acts like from the outside, I do this right. And, um, but I think sometimes then on my family side, it suffers. And so that's what I've been, I think COVID's even helped with that too, of just taking a step back, really thinking what I can do. Like I'm trying to take on less custom now, at least for this season, to just really figure out the time, figure out what I can and cannot do, and, um, and, and really not let those, let work pressure and family pressure interfere. And, um, because my kids are only going to be young for a season. So anyway, 
I guess I've done this 20 years. I can be super old and do it. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that is the struggle of a passionate working mother. And I, I feel the same way in a different, obviously I, I do something different than you, but like it, I am the same as you. I want to be super hands-on with Sunny. I want to be super hands-on with my family. I want to be that like that's important to me but i also love my outlet of interviewing and podcasting and hosting and i that's important to me also i don't want to sacrifice that so i think that is the constant struggle of a passionate working mother mm -hmm. is we just have to walk that line and find that balance and i think that balance is different for every single season i don't like some seasons you can work yeah. probably way more because maybe your kids are at school all day or something and you have all this time where it's like when they're home and they need you and like you're in those that season where they have hard questions and like you said character building it's like you know it's like you just have to figure out that balance and i think it's okay if we change the balance all the time you know yeah no and i think that's the thing i think we have to be open okay i can go a little bit longer okay we gotta wrap up um i can go a little bit longer okay. um but I, I realized that um, it is, and you have to be open with the changing instead of being like, well, 10 years, you know, a year ago I could do this, but you've got to be constantly analyzing. I took this business class and she made you write out your entire calendar and also write out everything you do in your life. And like, whether it's like buying groceries, doing like finance stuff, doing business stuff. So then with that, you were supposed to, I was supposed to like categorize what I could outsource and also put in the calendar how I was going to do it all. And it was like the most deflating leak because I was like, there's no way I can do all of this. I don't even know how I can do this anyway or anyone can do this. And so then it was cutting out things as well. So it's cutting out clutter, cutting out maybe commitments that you don't need to do. And it was the most like soul searching thing. And then I think with COVID cutting out, sorry, that's a little dog. And um, <laughs> it's been really nice because all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm just going to add in by choice. And because I don't want to be like running around and frantic like, like I was before. So um, I don't know. That's like the hidden blessing of like, Lockdown, I guess, is, is I haven't I haven't stopped since I was seventeen. So, yes. Um, anyway, but I love it was, that it, it was you, huge. You told me about this exercise that you did, and it was so inspiring to me because it's like here's our day. You have a twenty four hour day, and here's your year, and here's all the things that have to get done, like household chores, uh, family uh, family necessities, all this stuff. And on top of it, your career and your social life and all these and whatever organizations and causes you're involved with all that. And it's like after a while, it's like where you run out of time. And so that's probably super eye opening to write it all down and to see exactly where you spend yeah. your time and then to make choices on, OK, actually, I don't want to spend two hours at the grocery store. I'm going to Instacart, you know, or something like that. I don't know even what it is. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's all these things. And then all of a sudden you feel like it's like the power to say no, because you're looking at it and they're like, I can't do this. And so I, I think it's been the most empowering to just, and, and honestly, like I, I didn't like saying, or even saying no to, for, for custom things. Now I have more of a, a calendar of like what I can take on through the month. And it allows me to look at like why I'm saying no, and it gives me um, 
freedom to say no. I felt like before, it's just like I'd say yes. And now it's like I know why I'm saying no because because I'm trying to say yes to something else versus, um, and you see it on paper. And so all of a sudden, it is, but it's so freeing. To, and, I, and I know there's people that say no to everything, and so this is not applying to them. And, um, like, my husband has no problem saying no. My mom has no problem saying no. But I'm like, there is so much freedom for the people that always say yes when you start saying no. And I remember, like, the feeling after I, I did it, it was like some volunteer thing that they asked me to do. And I wasn't passionate about it. And I said no. And I was like, yes. You know what? That I'm so is proud so, of myself. It's so true, though, Cannon, because if you say yes to something that you're not passionate about or that you, when you're thinking about it, it gives you a lot of stress and anxiety, but you feel like you have to do it because you've got to keep your business growing. You don't want to miss this opportunity, yada, 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 but it feels yeah. like resistance. It feels like you want to say no, but you say yes out of fear. But if you can say no, you're actually opening yourself up for the yes that you really want. But if you, but if you say no, yeah. if, you, if you say yes to that that you don't really want, then that yes that you really want, it's you. It's not available because you filled the time with something else yeah. that you didn't really want to do. And I think that's a big lesson to learn because I feel that same way. I've had to start realizing that. No, it is because it's just, and it, I think that's just life but it's it's you're learning too it's like now you have a child it actually gives you more reasons to say no on things because you actually don't have as much time but um but yeah i i think it's like you it, and what i'm trying to do now is think about looking back like if i like in 10 15 years from now looking back on my life like would i be glad that what i was doing you know what i said yes to the time like the time I spent with my kids, what I think that was adequate, like the mental focus I had with everyone, is that adequate? So it's, it's been an interesting kind of exercise to, to think about. So, um, and also this is so like, probably it's because I have three kids and my head's always everything. Back to the miscarriage, <laughs> to wrap that up. I thought this, this round was different because I really took the time to ask all the kids what, like, how it was affecting them. And I think I learned that because we've had COVID and I've been trying to, like, talk to the kids about, like, lockdown stuff, like, what, how is it affecting them, like, trying to be, like, just, just talk it through. And because um, I learned, I listened to this podcast on trauma and they talked about, I think I talked about in trauma if you're able to name your trauma, all of a sudden you have power over it versus mm. if it's just kind of unknown above you and, and you're not saying it out loud, like this situation disturbed me. Um, and if you don't say it out loud, then all of a sudden it seems like the situation's bigger than you. And so anyway, so I've been trying to do that with kids. And so miscarriage, I like talked it through with all of them. And, um, and then my youngest, was really sad, which I was shocked because she didn't seem like she like knew what was going on about it anyway. And she, but she said it was because I told her that she could pick out all the things for the new baby, which I, which I had said. And, um, and I was like, well, maybe we can like find someone to um, give things to. And then she's like, well, what about charity? And I thought that was a good idea. And so I actually like texted a pregnancy hotline and I figured, like, this would be awesome because they text. 
so I was like, this is like the, the more like savvy generation. And I got a text back and I told them the situation and they, the, the lady texted back. She said she had a client that, um, that would really benefit from it. And she listed what the client, like the colors the client liked. And, and then the last sentence was, and she loved elephants. And so my six-year-old is obsessed with elephants. And this is what she wanted to do for our baby was elephants. And so it was just the most, like, kind of bone-chilling moment. To that just, makes like, me want to cry. <laughs> and to see the text, and it was like, okay. And again, it was this thing where it's like, we don't know why things happen to us in life. But it was like, for me to see that, it was like, and, you know, you can cliche everything happens for a reason until your thing is happening and it doesn't sound as comforting sometimes when it's like your thing happening. <laughs> so, um, but then to see where it was like, this was so direct that this was meant to be. And it's like, I don't have to know all the details as to why, but yet we had so much fun. We bought all these things, elephant themed, and, you know, she got the mobile, like she went all out. So, um, and then we got to meet the mom, which was the most like amazing thing to just meet her. And she's pregnant with a son he's due in December. And apparently on her side, because of lockdown stuff, um, the, the pregnancy center usually will give them all these classes and parenting classes and even like after aftercare and everything. And there wasn't that, that much available. And then she had to stop working because she lives with her grandmother who is immune compromised. And so she actually wasn't, didn't know how she was going to be able to like afford a crib or anything like that. And so it's like our random out of the blue text message and elephant themed, which is what she wanted. It just, I don't know. It just was so cool. I felt like to see how God orchestrates in the most like minute detail. And we don't understand like the whole picture still of why things happen, but it was like, it's like to, to know that like there was a reason in that. And you guys were able to bless another family who otherwise would have been yeah. a, in a really tough spot. I'm not, you know, like you're able to put a blessing on their lives from your tragedy because, or your pain because you were willing, and also because you were willing to talk about it and you're willing to talk about feelings yeah. with yeah. your daughter. And I think that's so big. Like you were, you dove in and you were willing to have a hard conversation with your daughters and you got, like you said, you got to a root of their feelings and a root of their suffering and you were able to turn it into something beautiful and have a healing process for not just your daughter and yourself, but also for a whole nother family. And that's the beauty of being no, able to talk. Cool. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Cause there's a part of me that's like, okay, oh, this happened. And I felt like the first one, the first miscarriage, I, it was so about me. Like, why is this happening to me that I didn't even have the capacity to even try to think to reach out to something like bigger than myself. And, and with this, that's where I felt like, like dealing with the pain actively, not trying to push it aside. It, like, I mean, I did, I prayed before I went to the pregnancy center. Cause I was like, this is kind of painful. Like it's painful to like, the reason why I'm here is because I had a miscarriage. The reason, you know, and it's someone that's, that's having a baby and I'm not. And like, 
I wrote it out and I was like, I don't want to cry in front of it. That's awkward. And like, but I'm like going head into the pain and just like, but it was the most beautiful thing. And I was like, why, why don't I just remember to do this all the time instead of any, anything? Man, Cannon, I feel that. Why don't we actively go headfirst into our pain and figure out a way to bless someone else through our pain instead of just consuming it all and living with it and burying it deep inside? And that has been something that, like, I have really been struggling with and wanting to do better is get active with what causes me pain and, like, suffering. Because the only way to get through that is to do something I feel like to help someone else or to bless someone else or to get to the root of it. And every time you can help and serve someone else, it heals you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. So there's a statement. I think it was Mr. Rogers. There's like, it went around and, and he said like in the hard disasters or something, it's like you look for the people who are helping. And, and I think that's how like you get through I'm totally butchering his quote. No, he says, he says, look for the helpers. Look for the helping. Yeah. So anyway. That's awesome, Cannon. Man. um, I could talk for forever. Come visit or I'll come visit you. I will. Okay. So my last question is I always wrap up with leave your light and I'm kind of moving it into like, get real. What do you want to get real with people? What kind of light do you want to share with people? What do you want people to know? I think, well, I mean, I feel like there's like a, you know, there's like what you want. Okay. Um, I just say maybe love that like, I guess I'm taking this looking at like, if it was like the end of my life looking back and that it's like, that I, I loved those that I knew that I came in contact. Well, that I, um, uh, you know, shared God's love with them. And, um, I don't know. I mean, that's super aspirational because like, we don't always do that to the people we love the most. I love that though. Yeah. I think, I think maybe, that I love well and maybe that I laughed. So I, <laughs> I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the best. You crushed it. You crushed it. Um, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is my first podcast. Maybe one of my last, but I did it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Okay. Now go pick up your daughter. I love you so much. Happy birthday. All right. Bye. Bye. See you later. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 